Hi friend, I'm so glad that you're here for this chat with Ash. You're invited to join me in striving to better know and love God, walk in light of being known and loved by Him, and to make Him known as we share our stories. Some of ours are harder to share than others, but there's hope and beauty in every story because of the author who is doing a great work in and around us every day. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Chats with Ash. If you are new here, welcome. I'm your host. My name is Ashley Ivester. My closest friends call me Ash and I'm inviting you to call me that as well because I want our community here to uh, be one in which we are fostering relationship through the sharing of our stories. Uh, I've said this before, but I think it's worth saying again that when we share our stories, we reveal the author of our stories and how he has made all the difference. And our stories aren't really about us at all. They're about God and what he has done and how he has changed us and how he's working in us. And it's such an exciting process. But the thing about sharing stories is that it can be scary because we become vulnerable. And yet I think it's a risk worth taking. We're going to talk more about sharing our stories and more about practicing wisdom and discernment when we do that in a later episode. But I thought for today, with this being the the second episode of season three, I thought it would be fun to be a little bit more lighthearted. And so we're going to, I'm going to have a special guest on here today with me. But before I introduce her, I want to, just in case you missed the intro to season three, just remind you that it's funny. I said in the intro, oh, I don't I don't have a theme. Like I've been praying for a theme. It hasn't happened. So I guess we're just going to plow forward with the like the subjects that God's been giving me over the summer. And as I was sharing with you in the last episode, it became apparent. Actually, there is a theme. Uh, I even kind of referred to it. I said it was a general picture, but but I want our focus this season to be about coming to the table And if you missed the last episode, it just simply means Scripture talks a lot about how God has prepared the table before us. There's a verse in Psalm and it says, open your mouth and I will fill it. It's not our job to come up with the feast. It's not our job to to scrounge and, and try to get fed. God has created us to be in relationship with him and he asks that we come to the table and that we posture ourselves ready to receive whatever it is he's placed before us. So that's what we're going to be discussing as we share this, this season and as we talk about different subjects. It's, it's all about what's on the table, what's being placed before us, what is it that God wants to teach us about himself, what is it that he wants us to do with that information as we're in relationship with him and with each other. All right, so this episode is, is one I've been looking forward to for a little while now because this guest in particular uh, is, is very special to me. Uh, so let, without further ado, if you are not watching on YouTube and you're just listening to the audio, I'm going to do my best to describe, describe this guest because she, she doesn't really have a voice. Um, she does, but you wouldn't understand her if she spoke, and here's why. Let me get her. This is our dog. This is Penny. Penny is a miniature dash hound. She's very, very tiny. She's only seven pounds. She's four years old, so she's as big as she's going to get. 
but she's very, very tiny. And Penny came to our family in July of this summer. We were not really expecting this. Um, and I'll share more about this story and how Penny came to be here uh, in this episode. But if you're watching on YouTube, this is Penny. Penny does not like storms and she does not like rain. And we had both last night. So she's very sleepy this morning. She had a rough night. <laughs> so it's kind of the perfect morning to ask her to hang out with us. It's funny. Uh, I have three boys and we have two guinea pigs as well. And our guinea pigs are boys. And so I'm so excited to have a female in the house, you know, and I've been having a lot of fun with this. My sister was joking with me. She said, I think this dog is a good indication of why you don't have girls because I've been like, oh, let's get her a bow. Oh, look at this cute little heart tag. You know, it's just, I've been having way too much fun. And the funny thing about it is I've said to so many of my friends, I don't know who I am anymore. And here's what I mean by that. I would have never said that I am a dog person. I like dogs. They're cute, but I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm just crazy about, you know, dogs or animals. So how did this happen? Well, I'm going to share some of the story with you that is going to leave me open to some judgment, maybe some harsh criticism, but I hope you'll listen to the story in its entirety. I hope you will consider giving me some grace as you listen, because Penny, when I look at her, isn't just a dog. Penny is an answer to prayer, and Penny is something that we needed more than I could have possibly realized. So let's back up. Let's start the story about seven years ago. We were living in Illinois. Our children were very young. I think our oldest was only in kindergarten or first grade, and um, we decided we would like to have a dog. We wanted the boys to have that experience. So Eric and I talked about it and we found a boxer and we got this dog. His name was Rocky. And I'd had dogs growing up, um, but I had never had an indoor dog. And Rocky was going to be an indoor dog. And frankly, I was just very ignorant about what that was going to entail and how to take care of a dog that lives indoors with you. Rocky was, in and of himself, a really good dog, but Rocky was on a whole nother level when it came to energy, and we got Rocky, and within, I don't know, just a few months, our family started making this unexpected change. We were moving from everything we knew in Illinois to a brand new area here in Southwest Michigan. Eric moved up here two and a half months before the boys and I were able to join him. And so I was home with three young boys. I was attempting to homeschool our oldest. Uh, that's a whole nother story. I talk about our son has a learning difference and we, we didn't really know what was going on at that point. But at that point in time, I was starting to figure out this is a very difficult process. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. So there was that. I was constantly having to keep our house ready for showings constantly being needing to be ready to pack up the kids and the dog and leave for showings, the stress of trying to pack, the stress of just everything that was happening at that point in time. And when we finally moved up here, it was February. Now, 
during those early years of our being here, they did not plow our road in our neighborhood during the winter. And so if you're unfamiliar with what it's like to have a lot of snow during the winter seasons, we would get a snow, it would start to melt, it would turn to ice, it would snow, it would ice. So our road was just layer after layer of mess. And it was very difficult. I mean, I was like, not a fan of the cold and snow at that point. I didn't understand why we couldn't just hibernate all winter, why we wouldn't ever need to go out, especially if the roads were bad. I was terrified of driving in it. All of that to say, I had three energetic boys. I had a very energetic dog. And again, my ignorance, part of that was not really realizing what it is he needed in terms of being able to exert activity. The other aspect of that was a practical aspect of how am I going to walk a dog that is so um, strong and energetic that he can pull me around while also trying to keep our oldest son upright and somehow push the other two in a stroller on a really treacherous winter road. It just wasn't working out. So we reached a point where we thought we need to rehome the dog. This is in the dog's best interest. We and and frankly, mine as well. I mean, I was just completely overwhelmed, extremely stressed out, trying to establish new roots, and it was a very, very, very rough season. A neighbor down the road was able to help me find a new home for our dog Rocky. Oh, she's tired. Penny's hiding. And this other family was the perfect fit. And they had had a boxer for 16 years that had just died. They had a teenage son who I believe did cross country. So he was wanting an animal that could run with him. And our dog was, was great for that. So all of that being said, I share that with you because I walked away from that experience very much feeling like a failure, feeling like this is a black mark against us that we will never recover from. Because I'll be frank, maybe, maybe it hasn't shifted as much as I think it has, but when I was a kid growing up, I don't remember people treating their dogs like, like people. It was like, that is your pet. That is a dog. It, it, was, it wasn't questionable that our dogs stayed outside, even in the winter. I mean, we had shelter for them, but it was never... A bad thing to do that. Uh, we live in a different age now. And so I thought uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of grace when it comes to that part of our story and the fact that we, you know, failed in this area of having a dog. And I also walked away thinking, I just don't know that I'm capable of handling that in our home. This is getting lengthy, so I'll try to speed it up. But Long story short, the boys have been wanting a dog for a long time. We tried pacifying them with another with other animals. They have two guinea pigs, and they have done an outstanding job demonstrating for years now that they are very responsible and capable of caring for animals. So we reached a point where we thought maybe we should start talking about a dog. But I knew from the last experience, if we're going to have a dog, there are a few things I can't do. I can't do a big dog. I can't do a dog that's high energy, and I can do a dog that sheds a lot. I can't do that, people. Mm -mm. So 
we started talking about options. If we were to ever have a dog, what's something we would all like? And I said, well, you know, when I was growing up, we had a miniature dash hound and her name was Penny and she was a great dog. Maybe that kind of dog would be a good fit for us. So we started looking into it, but it became quickly apparent that that's not really an option. Why? Because miniature dash hound puppies are extremely expensive. I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars, which there's no way Eric and I would pay that for an animal. So that didn't seem like it was going to happen. And then the other thought was, well, if, if we were to do that, maybe a rescue would be the best way to go and more affordable. So talked to the neighbor down the road that had helped me rehome our first dog. And she was extremely kind and gracious. And she set me up with a website called petfinder.com. You can plug in your area. You can plug in what you're looking for. And then you can get emails and it will kind of send you different matches, potential matches. We were getting emails for probably at least three months. And I don't even think I bothered to tell close friends that we were thinking about a dog or getting emails about potential dogs because I just really didn't believe it was going to happen. But one Sunday morning I woke up and there was an email and there was a picture of a dash hound. And my first thought was, oh my goodness, she looks just like my dash hound growing up. So I clicked on her information and I started reading and you know, she's four years old, she's house trained, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, what's her name? And her name was Penny. And I woke up Eric and I was so excited. And I said, Eric, you're not going to believe this. this. This has to be of God because look, look at her. She looks just like my dog and her name is Penny, just like my dog was. And Eric laughed. He's like, Ashley, if you had had a copper dash hound named Frank, like a female one named Frank, and this female dog was a copper dash hound also named Frank, I might say this was of God, but come on, like this isn't that original. But still, we agreed that we would put in an application. So I did it that morning before we even went to church. Uh, the shelter wasn't going to be open until we got home. So we were walking in the door to our house after church on the phone with the shelter. Please, I want information about this dog. And I said, well, there's a family lined up to see her on Tuesday. And our their policy is that once you have an appointment to see the animal, nobody else can see the animal until you've made a decision about the dog. So we talked to the boys because we wanted them to be a part of the process. And I, you know, I said, I just, I don't think Penny's going to be the dog for us. There's no way this family is going to leave her there once they meet her. But on Wednesday, we got a call. The dog is available and you're next in line. Do you want to see her? Yes, but there was an issue. Penny was five hours away. And so you have to understand, my husband is way too practical, especially when gas prices are high, to ever agree to a 10-hour road trip to get an animal. And so I thought, oh boy. However, we happened to be going towards that direction later that week to see some friends. And it was just going to be a little bit out of the way to go see the dog. So we set up an appointment, and on our way home from our visit with friends, we stopped and we saw Penny and obviously she came home with us and it's been so exciting. I mean, even the process of applying for her, it was funny. I intentionally put the story about our first dog in there because I, I I said to the Lord, I was like, I, if this is a black mark, 
I, I want to put like a barrier there. And if, if this dog is really for our family, break it down. And he did. And it's been, it's been so interesting. I've always kind of been the person that's like, it's just a dog. But like I said, Penny to us has, is very special because Penny was a, just such a miraculous, like, how did that even happen? Like it just rolled out so quickly. But the other thing is Penny has been and is a source of joy and comfort to all of us in the family. Our family over the last several months has been walking through some really difficult things, some really, uh, some things that have caused a lot of grief and a lot of hurt. And at just the right time, God provided this unexpected, unlikely source of comfort. There's something about a dog, a dog's loyalty, a dog's presence that has just been a comfort. And so we're very, very grateful to have her. And it's been neat to talk to our boys about, you know, God isn't just a guide that hears and cares about the big things that happen. He cares about the little things. I have one more story about the little things and God answering prayer before we wrap this up and we get to the table and what's on our plate today. Because our middle son, he found a caterpillar this summer right before he was supposed to leave for a week-long camp. And he wanted to take the caterpillar to camp. And I said, absolutely not. Camp is not a safe place for your caterpillar. So I will personally take responsibility for your caterpillar. I will change the leaves and feed it every day. And it will be here when you get back. Night one of our son being gone, I was changing the leaves. I accidentally dropped the caterpillar and stepped on it when I was trying to find it. Not a good thing. And so I I asked the other two boys, I said, can you help me find a caterpillar? And they said, no, this is supposedly a very rare caterpillar. You're not going to find another one. So right then and there, I said out out loud, Lord, please send a caterpillar to replace this one before it gets back. Please, God, help us. When about our day? It's just a caterpillar, right? Not like it's going to really traumatize our son in the end that his caterpillar was dead. But the next day, we were in the car, we were at a stoplight, and my oldest son said, Mom, there's Hudson's, there's a caterpillar like Hudson on the van beside us. And I looked, and sure enough, there was. It was crawling on the side of the vehicle. Now I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Um, I can't just get out of the vehicle right here at the light and go talk to this person. So I did the next logical thing, and I followed them. Thankfully, I didn't have to follow them far. They just went down the road to the post office. I mean, I would have gone probably as far as I needed to, but we pulled into the post office and I jumped out of the van and went to the passenger side window of this vehicle, wrapped on the window, and the poor college-age kid that was in there rolled the window down, not all the way, I noticed, and I said, here's the situation. Can I please take this caterpillar? And he looked at the crazy lady and said, sure, and I took it. And God provided this caterpillar for our son. And I know that might seem like such a trivial, unimportant thing. And in the grand scheme of life, it is. But it was so amazing to me to be able to share that story with our son who was gone at camp and our sons that were here to witness it and say, God heard that prayer. God answered that prayer. We get to thank him and we get to praise him and we get to be in all of that. How is it that God, who is so big, 
would hear and care about even that, but he did. The thing about prayers, though, and about being in relationship with the Lord is that we need to learn to pray and bring our requests before God with the same posture that Jesus demonstrated. When Jesus prayed to the Father, he wasn't afraid to bring his request before the Lord. In fact, right before he was going to the cross, there's, there's a passage that he, he demonstrates saying, you know, if there's any way that this cup can be passed from me, but not my will, but yours be done. That's the posture we have to pray because sometimes God answers prayers in exactly the way that we hope. Sometimes God answers prayers in ways that we weren't even expecting like he did with Penny. But sometimes God answers prayers with the word wait. Be still. Wait. And that waiting is hard because we don't know what's going to happen. Harder still are the prayers that God answers with no. Trust me. No. Or no. You have to let go of that. It's really, really tough, and I'm right there. It's like looking at a plate on a dinner table and seeing some things that are just so good and so sweet that you can't wait to eat it, but then also seeing a portion of something that just makes your stomach turn and you think, I don't know that I really want to swallow that. But when we come to God's table, and we sit at this feast that he has prepared, we have to always face this decision. Do I trust that God is who he says he is? Can I trust his character? Will I trust his character? Will I eat what he has placed before me? I can enjoy the things that are sweet and easy to follow. But will I take that step of faith and pick up that portion of something that I don't understand? I don't know why it's there. But I know that God has said everything that he allows in our life, he means for good. He means it for his glory. He means it to to make us more like him. So you take that bite and you chew it. Your face might make a, you know, funky grimace when you do, it might be hard to swallow. But do we trust the chef? Do we trust the one who's put it there enough to do that, to accept that? And not just accept it, but accept it with a heart of gratefulness that God, you are good. God, you've promised that you love me. God, you've promised that all things, all things will somehow, some way, someday work together for good. And even if I don't see it on this side of heaven, I'm going to sit in this posture of acceptance, of I'm ready to receive what it is you've placed before me. What's on your plate this week? Maybe you're like me. Maybe some of the things on your plate are as tempting as that sugary dessert that you might have in your cabinet. Maybe some of the things on your plate you would rather just pick up and chunk against a wall like a two-year-old. 
but we both face the, the question of what posture are we going to, to, to take this week? We can't do it by ourselves. That's why we need the Lord. And we get to come to him and we get to admit, I don't necessarily want everything on this plate, Lord. But we get to ask him and we get to say, God, you are able and you will and can equip me to walk in faith. Give me the faith to do this thing, to eat this thing. I hope you think about this this week. I hope that you and I both will practice this posture of, of being thankful for what's placed before us and that we will both experience the goodness of God, that we will taste and see that in all things, the Lord is good. I'll see you next time. Friend, I hope you enjoyed our time together today. Author Christy McLeland once wrote that we want to live like rivers and not lakes. We want the word to travel to us, through us, and to others, and that we've only truly learned a thing when we can give it away. If God has used this episode to challenge and encourage you, would you consider inviting others to the table by liking and sharing this episode? It's my prayer that we will grow in boldness as we share our stories and reveal the author and how he has made all the difference.